0: Hello and welcome to this segment of Let's Get It Straight. Our topic for today are mosquito-borne diseases that we are hearing about in the news. Our objectives, to identify the latest mosquito-borne diseases to hit the news, list signs and symptoms for each of them, Note the areas where these diseases are occurring in the United States. List prevention measures for EMS providers and identify treatment for each of the diseases listed. So which are the latest ones we're hearing about in the news? Malaria, West Nile virus, and dengue fever. So why are these hitting the news? Well, it's because of the increase in numbers. This is believed to be due, first of all, to our warmer temperatures. I think that as temperatures continue to get higher, we should expect that tropical diseases will follow. Many of these mosquitoes have developed resistance to pesticides that we have been using. And also global travel. We have become a very global society. And right now for this summer of 2023, you're probably reading about the increase in global uh, travel that is occurring. So how about malaria? Is it new to the United States? And the answer is no. Malaria has always been present in the United States. It wasn't a disease that has often been discussed. um, And it was thought to have been eliminated in this country in 1950. And the cases that we were previously seeing were linked to travel to tropical and subtropical regions. This has long been considered an ongoing threat and local governments and public health departments have been stepping up their management of pest control. In 2022, there were over 1,400 cases in the United States. Now, we've had an outbreak in Sarasota, Florida, where seven local cases were reported. The good news that there have been no reported cases since mid-July. Now, what is a locally reported case? Well, that means that the individual diagnosed with malaria has no history of having traveled outside of the country to an area where malaria is endemic. So the saying, malaria is only a plane ride away. And there's a specific term for this. It's called airport malaria. This uh, refers to malaria caused by an infected mosquito or mosquitoes that are transported by aircraft. They hitch a ride into this country. Malaria mosquitoes uh, occur, or all mosquitoes uh, occur in numbers following the final spring frost and remain present until the fall. They depend on warm temperatures and wet climate. And they can multiply very quickly. One can become 400 in less than two weeks. And so we've worked to control the population to uh, reduce the spread of this disease. Now, just as a point of interest, there are 200 types of mosquitoes present in the United States, but only 12 are linked to disease transmission. Malaria is transmitted by the esophilus mosquito it can um, be transmitted through blood transfusions organ transplant and shared needles and syringes so the locally acquired cases seven in florida that's the sarasota area two in texas and one in maryland and that has been the first time in a couple of decades that they've had a case in the state of Maryland. The incubation period, symptoms can appear seven days after the mosquito bite, but in some cases they've been noted up to one year before symptoms appear. Symptoms include fever, chills, muscle aches, fatigue, nausea and vomiting, and diarrhea. Well, my goodness, aren't these the symptoms for many, many diseases? That is true. So what does CDC have to say about malaria? and our precautions that we're to use when rendering health care. Number one is that uh, we are to use standard precautions. And remember that this is not transmitted person to person except through rarely uh, contaminated transfusion and possibly through failure to follow standard precautions during patient care. Now I would assume this would relate to a contaminated needle stick injury perhaps, but in searching the literature, I haven't been able to find an example. So on September 3rd, CDC declared a health alert for malaria, giving healthcare providers a heads up to be looking for signs and symptoms and getting travel histories. We're going to talk about prevention measures at the end of this presentation, and when we get there, you'll understand why. Now, there is a malaria vaccine that has been approved by the World Health Organization, uh, but currently it is only going to be offered to children in Ghana and Nigeria. We're now going to go into the second disease in the news spread by mosquitoes, and that is West Nile Virus. This is a mosquito-borne virus. It was first discovered in 1937 in the West Nile District of Uganda, and it was primarily found in Asia, Southern Europe, and Africa until about 1999. Our cases here in the United States, as of August the 29th of this year, were listed as 455 cases. 315 were neuroinvasive disease and 36 states were reporting cases. The West Nile virus is transmitted by a mosquito from the Culex species. And transmission through blood transfusion, organ transplant from mother to infant, percutaneous exposure and through breast milk. And this is a, uh, a photo depicting the cycle of uh, this virus that the mosquito can then infect humans and livestock, horses in particular, and birds can also serve as a reservoir for this virus. Good news. Fewer than 1% of mosquitoes carry this virus and the most common route for infection is by mosquito bite. Good news. This is an infectious disease. It is not communicable, meaning it is not transmitted person to person. The body's natural immune system will serve as your protection. The groups considered to be at risk are those who are immunocompromised and the elderly. Signs and symptoms, fever, headache, body aches, a rash that generally appears on the trunk of the body and swollen lymph glands. About one in every 150 persons may develop a severe case of West Nile virus. And for those individuals, this can lead to the development of aseptic meningitis or encephalitis. And fatalities generally occur in persons over 50 years of age. Currently in the United States, West Nile virus is the leading cause of viral disease spread by insects. Severe disease can be either meningitis or encephalitis. Most likely, more commonly, is meningitis. Patients have muscle aches and nausea, vomiting, have a rash and back pain. There are white cells present in their cerebrospinal fluid, and they have a severe headache. Most people improve, but there can be some who retain persistent uh, symptoms, such as fatigue, weakness, and memory and concentration problems. For patients who develop West Nile virus encephalitis, they will have memory problems, dysphagia, and focal motor abnormalities. Severity ranges from mild confusion to coma and sometimes death. West Nile virus also has been associated with flaccid paralysis. This has been more frequently noticed just in the last two years and primarily affects young individuals. They may not present with fever or headache before the onset of paralysis. Clinical hallmarks for this, uh, onset is early in infection. Weakness can often be only in one limb. And the absence of numbness, uh, pain is sometimes present. The state of Colorado, uh, at the, by the end of August of this year, has reported 13 deaths related to West Nile virus. The incubation period is 3 to 14 days following the exposure event. It's important after having just discussed West Nile virus complications of meningitis and encephalitis it's really important to note that 80% of individuals who acquire West Nile virus will have no signs or symptoms of the disease and they will have acquired immunity. That's some good news. There is now a new test available for diagnosing. It's West Nile virus IgM. For care of a suspect patient, we're going to do routine standard precautions and routine cleaning. Remember cleaning today focuses on high touch areas. Items that were used to care for the patient and areas that the patient was in contact with. There is no specific treatment for West Nile virus. Let's go on now to discuss the third mosquito-borne illness in the news and that is dengue fever. Here the mosquito species is Edis and aegypti is the most common. These are the same type of mosquitoes that spread Zika and Chikungunya virus. These mosquitoes also live both in and out of doors. This also is not communicable person to person. Cases for 2023 have primarily been in the state of Florida, Um, 244 of the cases were related to international travel. 16 cases were determined to be locally acquired. 12 in the Miami-Dade area. The good news, this is lower than the case number last year at this time, which was 68 cases. The incubation period for dengue fever is roughly around five days, with 95% of the cases being diagnosed within three to 10 days. There are two phases with this illness. The acute phase is between day one following exposure to day seven after symptoms appear. The next phase is called the convalescent phase and is after the seven days uh, of the appearance of symptoms. With regard to dengue fever, we again have two terms, travel associated and locally acquired travel Associated means that someone uh, traveled to an area where dengue fever is known to be present or there's an ongoing outbreak during two weeks before the symptoms appear. Locally acquired means there's no travel of history to a dengue endemic region in the two weeks before the onset of illness. The most common symptoms of dengue fever are nausea, vomiting, rash, and um, eye pain, typically behind the eyes, muscle, joint, and bone pain. Symptoms of dengue usually last two to seven days, and most people recover after about a week. Now, some can go on to develop severe dengue. And the warning signs suggesting this begin 24 to 48 hours after the fever has subsided. If these symptoms appear, the patient needs to be treated immediately. Complain of belly pain and tenderness. Vomiting at least three times within 24 hour time frame. Bleeding from the nose or gums, vomiting blood or blood in the stool, and feeling tired, restless, or irritable. It's very clear now that healthcare providers need not only a patient's past medical history but travel history as well. And we've been on notice for several years that we needed to be getting travel history. We're a very global society. And so that needs to be a permanent part of patient assessment. We need to know if they have had uh, vaccination for yellow fever and Japanese encephalitis to determine whether there's a likelihood that uh, illness could be due to infection with dengue virus. Molecular testing and serologic testing both are needed to confirm a dengue diagnosis. treatment. Once again, there's no specific treatment for dengue. Uh, It's basically symptomatic treatment that can be offered. There is a dengue vaccine. Uh, It is FDA approved for use in the United States for prevention. Currently, it's indicated for persons with laboratory confirmed dengue that are living in an endemic area, which would right now, of course, be uh, the state of Florida. Now, post-exposure reporting, should you sustain a contaminated needle stick injury? Then we certainly want you to report to your designated officer and complete an exposure report, but currently no treatment is currently indicated for exposure to malaria. Dengue fever or West Nile virus. Well, what about prevention? Uh, Number one, (laughs) we want to make sure that we're aware that the high activity time for mosquitoes is dusk and dawn. And we want to try to stay indoors and use mosquito repellent, wear long sleeves, uh, especially in the evening hours, and of course, we want to uh, have window screens uh, in use. Now, the photo here, uh, this actually is something that is really for sale. And it's just to make mention that with everything that hits the news with regard to diseases, we need to be wise consumers. Community and environmental, uh, mosquito management. Uh, Again, remember many mosquitoes now have uh, developed resistance to some of our pesticides, and therefore again, window screens are important. With regard to repellents, DEET is the gold standard. It is the most widely recommended. Um, Higher concentrations between 20 and 50 percent give the longest protection times. So what do all of these have in common with regard to prevention? And we just reviewed some of them. We know the cause is mosquito bite. That they are not communicable person to person. Except some, of course, by blood transfusion or um, a contaminated needle stick injury, perhaps. That we're to use standard precautions. And that no treatment is required after patient care. Travel history remains important. All of the diseases are reportable to the public health department. And as I mentioned, the prevention measures are the same for all three of these diseases. Well, that brings us to the end of this session of let's get it straight. And I hope this information has been helpful to you. Uh, Sometimes the news media is very helpful and gives us a lot of good, straight information. Sometimes, however, they don't give a lot of good, straight information and are alarmists. So the point of this session is to kind of get it straight. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. And I hope you will join me again for another session of Let's Get It Straight. Thank you.